to the Wonder Women series of the Maker Mom podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every week I bring you two interviews of female and non-binary makers of all kinds, some of them parents, some of them not. This week's guest is Kim of Made Mod. Um, Kim has been running Made Mod for a few years now along with her other business, a Muay Thai gym. Uh, so we talk about both businesses in the interview and really interesting getting her perspective of getting started in a business around, you know, creating functional pieces for people's homes. Before we hop into the interview, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thanks so much, Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Christina B, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Lauren, Rasp File Designs, Sven, Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Amy, Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly, Reclaim Living Store, Brandy, Studio Obey, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing and continued support helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. And with no further ado, here is Kim with Made Mod. Okay, great. Well, as far as intros go, they're always kind of awkward, right? Because nobody, I mean, I don't like to talk about myself, but some people do. Um, but I'm Kim. Um, I live in Virginia Beach, and uh, I am a small business owner. I actually have two businesses. Um, my first business is a Muay Thai gym, and my second business is Made Mod. So I specialize in uh, modern uh, woodworking and carpentry. Yeah. So Muay Thai gym. That yeah. is super intriguing. <laughs> Yeah, long story. Um, so I started training Muay Thai probably, gosh, I think it's going to be, oh, it was just like seven years, um, seven years ago. And my partner at the time, we were training together and um, I was fighting and we were in Iowa at a tournament. I wasn't fighting in a tournament, but I was helping with the fighters that we did have at the tournament. And um, while we were there in Iowa for the weekend, the gym that we were training out of just closed. And we were like, oh, yeah, sorry they didn't tell us they didn't they just locked the doors and all this all the furniture is like removed and nobody we had no idea so um on the flight home from Iowa we were just thinking like what the hell are we gonna do <laughs> so we just ended up um opening a gym and so that was my first real foray into business ownership and that was in 2015 so awesome. yeah yeah that is crazy hey crazy that you were in Iowa for that because that's where I am is Iowa yeah. We're and like <laughs> you were in Des Moines. Okay. Yeah. I was, I I'm in the Iowa city area. So it's okay. about t- almost two hours east of Des Moines. Oh, uh, 
But yeah, like Iowa is not the place that you think of uh, for <laughs> for that type of training. <laughs> no, it's not. There's a big there, <laughs> there's a big tournament in Iowa. I'm not sure why it's in Iowa. I think maybe because it's like toward the center of the the country, yeah. so people can all meet there. But every year, it's yeah, it's there in Des Moines, and so we were there that year. It's random, I know. <laughs> random, totally random. Yeah, the I have like maybe like one percent experience in it. Like way back in the day, I I did about three years of um, mixed martial arts training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would and say I, you have more than a 1% uh, <laughs> knowledge of my Thailand. <laughs> um, it was super fun. Uh, I was like the only girl in the class and it was kind of fun to get to like, you know, beat up some other guys, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 I do like punching a man. I will. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, is the, I have, before we get into the making, I'm still intrigued by this. So is the, like, yeah. are you still, is like the gym still open with COVID and all that stuff yeah. going on? Yep. Yeah. So when COVID, when everything first happened and everything shut down, we were closed for about three months. Um, and so we were doing Zoom classes, which mm-hmm. <laughs> is not fun when you no. are used to being in person and doing fitness classes, especially with Muay Thai. Like it's not, it, it's not like yoga where you can guide somebody through a sequence and um, is very adaptable to Zoom, but like Muay Thai, it's very hands-on and you have to be there with somebody seeing what they're doing so you can Mm -hmm. make corrections. But, you know, we did the best that we could and we were doing Zoom classes twice a week. And um, luckily we have a great community. So people were paying their memberships even though the gym wasn't open. And so we were able to survive because I think they realized that if they weren't paying tuition, there was going to be no gym to come back to. So, you know, Luckily we survived and we're on the other side of things now and still kind of touch and go with everything that's going on. And we're Mm -hmm. trying to be as diligent and um, clean as possible. And, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been doing really well. We've been open for five years. And so it's, um, it's an adventure. Yeah. I think adventure is a good word. I think (laughs) now that we're, I'm this far removed, like five years out, I can say that it's an adventure and not like a complete headache. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, totally. Okay. So now I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back and, <laughs> and ask what I typically ask as like one of the first questions, which is where'd you grow up and uh, what kind of things were you like into, interested in as a kid? Yeah. So um, I grew up in Hampton Road. So Virginia Beach um, is about 20 minutes from where I grew up um, in Chesapeake. And so I was actually born in Rhode Island. My dad was in the Navy. Uh, we moved down to Virginia Beach when I was, I think, like three. And then we moved out to Chesapeake when I was five. And I pretty much grew up there um, and then moved back out to the beach a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I'm from here uh, in school, I was your typical like athlete. You know, I wasn't I wouldn't consider myself a jock, you know, that kind of like stereotype. But mm-hmm. I didn't I've always loved to be active and I've loved sports. And that's kind of where my interest in Muay Thai came was after I graduated from um, school graduated from college I just didn't really have anything to do like sport wise so I picked that up but um, yeah lots of sports um, very much scientific minded and I get a kitty <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> okay my pup is downstairs I told her that she couldn't bother me while I was doing this oh the, the kittens will definitely bother me I've just accepted it <clears throat> you learn to roll with it, it. Right? yes yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah, so very science-minded. Um, 
I never really thought I was like an artistic type or mm-hmm. creative type. I didn't really realize that creativity means so many things. And so I thought, well, I can't paint. I can't really draw. Like that, that mm-hmm. means that I'm not artistic. I'm not creative. And I shouldn't really focus on any of those kinds of things. And so I was very much like, you know, science um, and English, oddly, um, not math because, well. <laughs> so what'd you, uh, what'd you go to college for? What'd you graduate with? I went to Old Dominion University in Norfolk and I went for exercise science. So okay. I graduated with a, yeah, a BS in, in that and um, started working in physical therapy right afterwards. So yeah, I was in a completely different world prior to mm-hmm. what I'm doing now, which is um, interesting. But yeah, I worked in physical therapy for I think about six years. Um, and then while I was working in PT, I started the gym and then I was still working in PT and then ended up opening MadeMod. And then I was just too overwhelmed and quit my full time. And I'll apologize in advance. There's lots of jets that fly over because we're I'm in between two naval bases, so yeah, you're just gonna hear jet noise constantly. It's like my that's, life. That's okay. I, I lived, <laughs> I yeah, I lived uh, for almost five years in northern San Diego County. So we had uh, oh Camp, yeah, Camp Pendleton, and then you mm-hmm. know like Blue Angels and everything. So I'm used to like the yeah. So you get <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's kind of a funny th- out here at the beach is people will be talking outside or whatever. And a jet flies overhead and you just, you pause. <laughs> and then you continue with the conversation. Exactly. It's just like an unwritten rule that you never try to shout over the jet because it's just impossible. Yes. <laughs> um, so <laughs> what brought about Made Mod? Uh, I mean, did you have any previous experience yeah. with like woodworking, carpentry, before getting into it? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, so a little bit. I mean, I've always been a DIYer. I kind of grew up watching my parents DIY everything. So it was, that was always on the forefront of my mind. I was always seeing things being made instead of being bought. And so I think growing up the phrase, I'm not going to buy that. I can make that kind of just mm-hmm. nestled itself into my brain is never left. <laughs> so I... <laughs> My paternal grandfather, which whom I didn't meet, uh, was actually a carpenter, and he taught my dad a lot. Um, they used to work on projects together. I think that it was mostly an amicable relationship work-wise between them, but um, from what I understand, my dad did a lot of the work, and my grandpa was, you know, World War II vet, kind of just, you know, drinking. So, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so my dad learned a lot from him. And while my dad didn't really teach me how to do anything, I was always around him building. So I was always watching him build a deck. I'd be out there like seven years old, like, can I help you build the deck? And he's like, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he would just give me scrap wood and some hammer and nails and just like shove me to the side and let me just like bang nails and do uh, some wood. And so I have always been used to working with my hands and creating in that way, in that sense. And Mm -hmm. I have DIYed like, you know, just home decor items and, and furniture since I was younger, but uh, I didn't really get into actual building until hmm, it's probably like three years ago this past Christmas. Um, my dad got me a circular saw for Christmas because that's what I requested because why not? You know, I wanted to, I had just moved into this place and I wanted to build some furniture and needed a saw. So uh, yeah, I got my circular saw three or four years ago and then kind of just been teaching myself along the way and and experimenting and you know Pinterest is a great resource and YouTube is a great resource so it's kind of like 
if you have the time, if you have materials, uh, then you really can learn how to do anything. So, mm -hmm. but how I got started with the business in general. So I am a big plant person. So I have plants all over my house and was looking for a way to store them or to display them and kind of get them off the floor and off of whatever they were and kind of put mm -hmm. them all in one place. And I was looking on Pinterest for just really unique shelving things. Um, DIY, of course, because, you know, I'm not going to buy that. I can make that. <laughs> so I found some, I saw a lot of inspiration for pegboards and things. And I was like, that is so cool. I can move things around. It's very modular. It seems pretty easy. I have all the equipment. I have this scrap piece of wood left over from the bed that I just built. So like, it's perfect. So I made a pegboard and just ended up putting on my personal Instagram and people freaked out. So I, um, first of all, it was kind of weird. I was like, just, this is a shelf. Like I drilled some right. holes in this piece of wood. It's fine. Uh, but people loved it. And my friend, Alina, she saw it and she immediately messaged me. and was like, you need to put this on Etsy like now. <laughs> and I was like, what? are you sure? Will people buy this? Like, is this something that people are interested in? And she's like, yes, just do it. If you don't sell any fine, but, um, but yeah, I did, I did that. I put my stuff on Etsy February, 2018. And here we are almost three years later. All right. And it's my full-time job. <laughs> it's your full-time job. <laughs> so, Okay. And, and I was going to say, like, yeah, when going through your Instagram feed, it's like, I saw some other projects outside of pegboards, but it's predominantly pegboards you're yeah. making, right? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I, like, broke out into the scene with yeah. and what was known for. Um, and I'm still, still love to do that, but I also like to do other things. And so yeah. it's been nice to break up the monotony of, of drilling millions of holes. <laughs> Uh, to kind of build some other functional pieces, which has been nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so do you, I mean, and, and I've seen, I've kind of seen actually, it seems like it's getting really, I guess, hot, the the modular um, pegboard yeah. thing. Like I've seen, it's, or maybe it's, it's, maybe it's just all the like AI reading my brain. Cause once I discovered your account, <laughs> like all of a sudden, like I saw, you know, other like DIYers and makers, like really kind of getting into yeah. making those. Yeah. Um, I fear of them because uh, as you see, I've got two cats, other direction, two cats. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at your shelves behind you going, they would jump on that and that shelf would go rolling off <laughs> and uh, yeah. would not be well, a good scene. You can <laughs> there are ways to secure to secure the shelves to the pegboard so if you know yeah uh if you needed to that's definitely a way but yeah um not great for for cats they do like to climb things don't they they do like to climb things yes, yes they do um <clears throat> that's why i feel like i'm a cat sometimes if i were between a cat and a dog i really feel like i'm a cat i love dogs but i feel like i'm a cat you know yeah, like my a big cat yeah, my wife and I always say when we die, we want to come back as cats. Like, just the life of a cat seems oh, yeah. so appealing. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> glorious. Exactly. Or a dog, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, come back as my dog. She's so spoiled. <laughs> yeah, that's, we also say that. It's like, okay, come back as a cat, preferably in a gay home because you get spoiled to death. Um Okay, so what yeah. things are you breaking into outside <laughs> of uh, outside of the uh, mod board, you know, the pegboards? 
Yeah. So I've been doing, um, I've mostly carpentry, but some other furniture working too. I've done, been doing like uh, wainscoting entryways and some built-in, uh, I did a built-in bench with cases. I've done um, built-in dining nooks. I've done like little kitchen nooks and dining nooks. I've done uh, cabinetry for a local business uh, here in Virginia Beach called North End Bag Company. Um, they make really awesome leather and canvas bags. And so I was fortunate to team up with them and, and create some storage for them. Um, but yeah, I, it's just really, honestly, people come to me and go, I kind of like this. Can you make it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can make it. <laughs> baby gates, uh, really modern uh, baby gates were really popular for a little while there. Um, yeah, just like, honestly, the most random things. And I love it. <laughs> So like, how, how are you growing your business? Like, where are you getting clients from? So the great thing about Etsy is they do have a marketplace kind of baked right in. Uh, so they have a community there and there's lots of people on Etsy already so they can see my things and, and find me through there. But honestly, uh, my social media has been really fundamental in growing my business and getting more exposure and kind of getting my stuff out there. Uh, so I think that I, a lot of emphasis on so, social media, I mean, social media, it's, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but it's kind of like one of those necessary evils, you know, the thing with social media is you find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for great, wholesome, um, inspirational, motivational items, they're there and it's great. And I've found so many wonderful people, um, through the platform that believe in the same things that I do and maybe not even believe the thing, same things that I do, but, um, you know, we can come together at least in a way that's, uh, wholesome, but, uh, mm -hmm. if you're looking for trash, there's trash there too. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> social media, all that aside, yes. my opinion, the social media aside, uh, it's been really great in helping me grow my business and get more exposure. And I mean, it really, it really builds your, your no like trust factor. Right. And so when mm -hmm. somebody is trying to decide, okay, well, there's, X amount of people that make these pegboards. Uh, how am I going to decide who to go to aside from pictures, aside from reviews? Like, who do I, who do I trust? Who do I know? And who do I want to give my money to? And that's been, you know, something that I've been thinking about a lot when it comes to social media because that's how people get to know you. That's mm -hmm. how people see the process. That's how people connect with you. And and especially now, there's an emphasis on handmade items, one of a kind items, kind of supporting locally and and not just spending your money on mass produced items, which has been, you know, the majority of people's lives for mm -hmm. the past, I mean, forever, right? A couple so, hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like once people were able to mass produce things and make lots of items and, and sell them cheaply, people were like, oh, hell yeah, I'm not trying to spend a bunch of money on something that I can buy that's not mass produced. But I think now we're kind of having a circling back to that idea of, uh, you know, small, businesses and and really prepping propping up the economy our local economy mm -hmm. and really focusing on how far our dollars go where it goes and you know what message we're sending when we're spending our money on these in these certain areas um so social media has really helped people get to know me people get to know my product and see what's what i'm doing what i'm making and and you know it's a privilege to be able to share these things with people and I think social media is a great way for me to be able to do that. Hi, makers.
Gamers, today's episode is brought to you by ToolMomStore.com. ToolMom and company is for all ages, genders. They have what you need for your one-stop tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing. Uh, the products are fun, fashionable, one-of-a-kind. In fact, I have two of the mugs. Uh, one has a circular saw with flames coming off of it. It says, Go Girl. Another one has the definition of a tool chick. Both of them are super awesome, and I have coffee out of them almost every morning. So check out toolmomstore.com or find them on Instagram at toolmombonnie. You can receive an extra 20% off at checkout by using the code MAKERMOM. Um, I mean, with your um, We Tie business and now Made Mod, like, mm-hmm. how, I mean... How'd you learn all of this stuff about making, creating, <laughs> running a business? Oh, so many hours on Google. <laughs> <laughs> like dead honest. Um, I mean, when I opened the gym, I, I was 26 years old. You know, I was working full time in physical therapy and was just kind of like doing whatever I could to get by. And so yeah, I mean, I didn't know a lot of small business owners at the time. Uh, honestly, I don't think I knew any small business owners at the time. And I didn't have any resources. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to look up to. I didn't know who to talk to. And so, yeah, Google became my best friend. And there are a lot of resources on how to open businesses on Google. Um, but <laughs> now that I've been in business for a little bit, um, I've I've really met a lot of people in small business and especially in the community that I live in here in Virginia Beach. Um, I live in the creative district. It's like the arts district. So there's lots of little small businesses around here and lots of really creative uh, minded people in this area. And so I've really been able to connect with a lot of small business owners. And so now I have, you know, a little community inside this community that I can lean on mm-hmm. if I need to. But before that, I mean, it was just, I mean, sleepless nights of, of, Google rabbit holes and um, <clears throat> trial and error, honestly. Um, <laughs> opening a brick and mortar as my first business really, really helped when it came to opening MainMod because everything's online for the most part. So it was it was simple. Mm-hmm. But when I first opened the gym, it was, um, it was wild. <laughs> Katie, I'll tell you, it was wild. <laughs> it was a wild, wild west. <laughs> but the thing that I knew was that I, we had a good product. <laughs> we had a good product and we had, we had a team already and we had people that were with us already. So it made it a little bit easier transitioning into that. But um, yeah, lots of tears, <laughs> lots of well, uh, worrying, but, uh, and lots and lots of Googling. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Google is my best friend a lot. Um, I have to, <laughs> But I have to ask, like, there's, there definitely is a thing, uh, you know, there are plenty of people out there uh, in the world who have an idea and want to, you know, think, okay, this would be a good small business. And then once they start like Mm -hmm. researching it, they stop. Like, so there's, I I feel like there's definitely something in a person who goes forward with it of like, you know, 
you didn't stop. You kept going, even though like you were doing stuff you've never done before or, you know, had no background knowledge in. So like, was there a level of excitement just around figuring out the business aspect of it? Absolutely. Me personally, I am a lifelong student. I love learning and anything that piques my interest, I dive 100% in and I want to know everything there is that makes this thing work. Um, so for me, when I'm when I started getting into my research about business ownership and all that stuff, I mean, yeah, it was daunting and yeah, it was scary, but I'm also the kind of person who hates being told what to do. And so I've never really liked working for anybody else. <laughs> I'll do it. And I'm a great team player and you know, it's fine. I'm a great employee, but that was never... I, I always kind of knew that that was never how my whole life was going to go. I just can't, I have too many opinions, too many ideas of how things should go. And I'm too particular uh, to work for anybody else but myself. So I was going into this whole process knowing, well, this could be my, you know, this could be my ticket. This could be how I support myself without having to work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think I was really putting all of my energy into it. And I um I'm a little bit militant when it comes to goals. Like I, if I want to do something, I'm putting all my energy into it and it's going to happen. Um, not everybody is like that and not everybody wants to be like that, which is great because it's exhausting. But <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I just, I, <laughs> I also kind of didn't really have a choice because we had this, this stable of fighters that needed to go somewhere. And if we didn't open this gym, then we were going to lose all of it and then we would have nothing. So it was August when the tournament started. No, it was July when the, we were in Iowa in the tournament. And by the end of August, we had a gym. So, I mean, we opened up so quickly, um, mostly because we didn't have a choice. I was kind of back into a corner um, and I'm a fighter, right? So if I'm back into a corner, I'm punching out. So yeah, I just kind of, I knew that I really believed in my partner. I really knew that he could make it a success. Um, I believed in his skills. I believed in his training. I believed in his everything when it comes to Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew that I could back up the business end and I knew that I could handle the hard stuff and I could handle all of that. As long as he was free to do whatever he needed to do to build the gym and to bring more people in, then I was fine doing that. But uh, yeah, it's definitely daunting. It's definitely not something that I would recommend for everybody. It honestly does take a different kind of person to want to open businesses and operate them in you know any kind of entrepreneurial endeavor but mm-hmm. uh yeah I don't know I've just always been kind of a, a go-getter you know and a little um like I said militant about <laughs> about goals <laughs> when, when it's it, for me when yeah, it's for yeah. you know yeah <laughs> When it comes to uh, Maid Mod, are you a one-woman show? Yes. Okay. Well, technically, yes. It's just me, um, but I do have, I do hire um, some help. So I have my friend, uh, Alex, that works with me um, part-time, and she's just in there just helping me crank stuff out. So, But besides that, yeah, it's just me. I mean, I do everything. Uh, I'm the one building I'm the one that's on social media I'm you know I'm the one doing all the accounting I'm I'm doing all the online shop stuff so uh, yeah it's me doing doing everything and then and then the gym on the side as well so how are you running two businesses at once um 
well, luckily my ex-partner, Jose, the one who has, that I have a gym with, he is, he, I mean, he's there every day. That's his full-time job. So he's in the gym. He's taking care of that. We have somebody at the desk that's helping out. Um, so I don't have to be there all the time, uh, which is, has been hugely helpful because I was doing made mod work all day and then running to the gym at night to try to, you know, be there for him to handle front desk stuff and everything like that. And so that also cut into my training. I wasn't ever able to train. Um, so hmm, how do I run too? I don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't have choice. <laughs> Um, no, he, it's, it's been, it's been a, um, it's been a challenge trying to balance the two and then also preserve my sanity and like my free time. Uh, those two things were not existent, um, probably this time last year, honestly, sanity or my free time, but, uh, yeah, it's been, (laughs) it's been better. Um, I, a lot of help and a lot of patience, love understanding. I mean, and just like grinding, honestly, just like so much grinding, um, but the great thing about MaidMod is that because everything is online, there isn't a brick and mortar that I have to keep up with. There isn't mm-hmm. like all those overhead costs and all of those other things, working parts that you have to think about. It's just me in the workshop and online. That's it. That's all I have to worry about is those two things really. And um, yeah, I think I found a really good balance right now. I can't do all the things that I want to do and I can't I mean, there are so many things in the gym that I want to do and like all these visions that I have for how it could be and, you know, expanding and what that means for us. And um, I'm kind of not necessarily like not dreaming about that anymore. It's just that I know that it's not going to probably happen on my timeline in the way that I am envisioning. And that's okay because MaidMod is where my passion really lies. And so it's been really helpful for me to have made mod to put those energies into and then kind of the gym, let it do its own thing. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't need me to have a hand in everything for it to be operational. So it's been, it's been good for both my sanity and for the business to kind of step away from the gym just a little bit. Like I still do the accounting. I still the bookkeeping and I still do all the ordering, purchasing and all that stuff. Um, but I can do all of that at home on my laptop, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, but kind of taking some space from, from the gym and, and moving my focus more towards MaidMod has really helped me expand and really helped me prioritize when it comes to business and when it comes to free time, because I mean, we know that rest is important. It's mm-hmm. vital, mm-hmm. you know, and then for the longest time there was no rest. And so I, I felt burnt out. I mean, gosh, I was so burnt out, so burnt out. And um, yeah, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so workshop space where is your workshop space for making so my workshop space is actually in my dad and his wife's detached garage so it's great I mean it's about a 40 minute drive from where I live which sucks but like you know I don't have to pay for the face so it's been great Mm -hmm. um he has a two two floor detached garage he has like a little bar up up the second floor that it's like a little bar and then I have like all my packaging materials and my boxes and like other (laughs) I've kind of like taken over the whole space and I feel a little bit bad but um it's been working for me well um Mm -hmm. I have wildly outgrown it and so I have been looking at other spaces because I just need it's been it's so nice to have that space for free and to I feel so blessed to be able to have that and grateful but I have nowhere to put anything 
and I have to work around all of all of the pre-existing things inside of uh, inside of the garage like um I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures on Instagram but there's like Barbie jeeps just like in the way <laughs> all the time <laughs> I'm just like can't these Barbie jeeps out of my workshop <laughs> but you know neither here nor there <laughs> It's just covered in sawdust now, so whatever. <laughs> they could make a decent, um, yeah. like, sawhorse, you know, just put the wood on top. <laughs> yeah. We can figure out something, right? That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm looking, I'm looking to expand because I am kind of outgrowing that space and would like to have something that's a little bit closer to home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand that. My, my workshop space is a garage somebody else's two-car garage that I rent um mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. uh, about a 20-minute oh, drive two car. for me that sounds so nice it is yeah <laughs> uh, but it's, it's about a 20-minute drive and there are times where I hate that you know because it's like oh if it was just yeah. outside my door like that's 20 minutes I gain back of like work time but then there's times exactly. that I really appreciate it because it's like, oh, yeah. no, then it feels like, no, I'm going to work like because I'm leaving the house, right. you know, mm-hmm. like going. So exactly, yeah. exactly. When I first started making pegboards, uh, I was doing it in my backyard in my townhouse. So it was like rain or shine, baby, days and <laughs> or nights and weekends. I was out in the backyard drilling holes like under a pop up tent. I mean, it was it was bare bones so I I mean I feel that totally it's like I could Mm -hmm. just go right outside and work but that also meant that my partner at the time could come outside and bother me whenever he wanted to Um, (laughs) and so yeah it's been it's nice to actually be able to leave leave the house and go into work but some days I really really could use that extra 40 minutes to uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah, are you still okay so I the biggest question on my mind as I'm staring at the pegboard behind you is are you drilling all of those holes yes individually with a hand drill yes oh my lord (laughs) yeah I mean that's I mean it's a it's definitely not the easiest way to do things you know I have a drill press um Mm -hmm. I don't use it for this purpose because I think the whole point of like hand making these items and these pegboards is that I'm literally touching every inch of the surface with my hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm drilling each individual hole. I'm cutting every piece of piece of plywood you see is cut by me, is sanded mm-hmm. by me, is um, drilled by me. And uh, so like every single thing that you see on there is has been created by me um, and made by me, which is, I think is the whole point, right? I mean, it's, if you're going to be giving this whole idea of a handmade object or, or whatever, like mm-hmm. I think most of it should be handmade. Right. Isn't that the whole purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I will tell you that when I first started making these, my holes were a little bit wonky. They weren't quite perpendicular when I was drilling them in. Yeah. And I had, there was a lot of learning, a lot of learning that happened. Um, <laughs> well, that's, so I mean, that's the, that sense yeah. Would have I mean, made it easier, but Yes and no. I mean, looking at the size of the plywood, like it, a drill press just doesn't work in that no. context. You can't get right. to everything. You certainly cannot. Do you have like jigs set up and stuff now to help like? I have a template that I use over top. So I have a template that has the holes pre-drilled so I don't mm-hmm. have to like measure and mark every single pegboard because dear Lord, that would take forever. Um, so I have a template, but then I just have like, yeah, like a perpendicular jig that's just 
Mm -hmm. two two by fours and like some plywood so yeah, yeah I have I have something that helps me keep everything perpendicular and straight um it's funny because I've been doing this for almost three years now and so every six months or so I I kind of tweak something I'm like oh that makes this so much easier so much more efficient so much faster and why didn't I think of this before and it's funny because even though I've been doing this for so long like I'm still learning. I'm still mm -hmm. implementing new things and I'm still learning how to make things easier on me. And it's, it's really interesting, especially bringing on Alex to help me. I mean, she's great. Like she picks things up super quickly. Um, and we problem solve really well together. And so I'll have a problem and I'm like, God, Alex, I can't just, I can't figure this out. And she goes, Oh, what if we try it this way? And it's just really nice to be able to have that second perspective. And so, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's been, everything is such a learning experience. And like I said, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. And so this has been great. I just love, this is nerdy. I just love knowledge. I just love, <laughs> <laughs> I just love information. Um, more of it, the better. Hey, makers. I want to tell you a little bit about today's episode's sponsor, Athena Outfitters. So when I'm in the market for a new pair of work boots, I do a ton of research, make sure I'm getting something that's going to fit right and going to last. Well, Athena Outfitters is a quality workwear brand for hardworking women that has a tons of experience with footwear. They've taken the time to select the very best shoes and boots made by each of the most reliable footwear brands. And when I shop at Athena Outfitters site, it saves me time and energy because I trust that they found the best shoes for every job and activity. Plus bonus, you can shop online. So next time you need new work boots or some other type of high performance shoe, check out AthenaOutfitters.com uh, gear with grit. And Athena is A-T-H-E-N-A -E and then Outfitters.com. You can also get a special discount at checkout by using the coupon code MM, that's capital M, capital M15 for 15% off any purchase just because you're a listener of the podcast. All right, let's hop back into the episode. I whole, wholeheartedly agree, and I think most people in in the maker space would agree also that's like yeah. one of the biggest draws to it right is like mm -hmm. constantly getting to learn something yeah um you know and then producing something and holding it in your hands and going oh my god i made this isn't amazing <laughs> the, best, the best feeling right yeah. actually i think the best feeling is when somebody comes over and sees like the dining table that i made or like something else in the house they made and they're like oh this is so cool where did you get this i'm like oh I made it. It's like the best, it's the best yes. feeling, you know, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's such a cool, it, mm -hmm. and I think for me too, I've always been, um, I, I've always been a tomboy growing up. And so I've always like, you know, been rough and tumble and, and really involved in sports and, um, had a lot of guy friends and, and I've always just wanted to destigmatize gender roles. You know what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I just, I hate that women aren't supposed to build. And I hate that women aren't supposed to be fighters. And I hate that we have all of these things that we're not supposed to be, that we're not supposed to do. Like I also surf and I just, I love doing um, activities and sports that are more male gendered because 
I'm breaking molds, baby. I don't have time for, for this stuff. Like, I don't, I don't understand why everything has to be gendered. And, and so I, I don't know that I purposely seek things out that way. It's probably a subconscious thing, but I've always, you know, wanted to get involved in something that was you know, not very stereotypical of, of a woman mm-hmm. and, um, and to succeed in that and to like, you know, garner the recognition from people has been really cool. Um, and kind of, if I can be an example to anybody else, it's like, just do it, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like just get, I know that there's a confidence thing there and um, a knowledge thing there. And if people don't feel like they have the confidence of the knowledge that they're not really going to delve into something new. But um, I just have always felt like if it scares you, then you're doing it. You know, mm-hmm. you're doing it right. You're going in the right direction because we need, to, we need that fear and we need to be able to um, persevere through those obstacles to come out on the other side a little bit stronger, a little bit tougher, a little more knowledgeable. And um, yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure. I feel like I'm just rambling now, but <laughs> what point was I trying to make? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that it, it works out perfectly for me in this rambling segment, because I was going to ask <laughs> is like both both businesses that you run are still, I mean, yes, I see more and more uh, women getting into, you know, specifically like the woodworking space, um, but they're still predominantly male. It's domi- yeah, it's male yeah. dominated. Um, yeah. So besides the like drive to like succeed there, I mean, has there been... What's your experience in those spaces been like? Well, I've always kind of lived my life by the idea that you want to be underestimated. And luckily for me, you know, I'm like a 5'3 Filipino woman. So like people tend to underestimate (laughs) me. (laughs) Um, But for the most part, it's been okay. Like in the woodworking realm, um, it's been all right. But I'll tell you one, man, when I'm at Home Depot and I'm just doing my thing and like looking at materials and just pushing my cart around, I can't tell you how many times a man is like, like oh, do you need some help? Which is, that's so nice to ask. Mm-hmm. But also like, if I tell you no, don't like ask me again. Right. And, like, keep asking me. <laughs> so, I remember this one time I was like, I had just loaded my truck up with like seven sheets of plywood and this guy had pulled up his car and like stopped and was talking about the one. I was like, do you need any help? And I was like, does it look like I need help? <laughs> I just loaded everything into my car myself. Like, why are uh-huh. you? And I said, I, I honestly said, I said, does it look like I need help? And he said, yeah. And I said, mm, yeah, I don't need help, but thank you so much. And he just like drove away. But I mean, there've been times when men just feel the need to provide their expertise and I'm like you honestly probably know less about this than I do so I really don't for one don't need your help didn't ask for it Mm -hmm. don't want it (laughs) I know maybe you're just trying to come on to me or you're interested because you find me attractive or whatever but like it's so frustrating to can I just like go to Home Depot once without having a sex experience please (laughs) please please (laughs) but um in terms of like the spaces that I occupy in like the Muay Thai community. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, there are a lot of like Muay Thai fighters that are women now. And like, I find that if you can um, spar with a dude and then beat the shit out of him, he usually doesn't have very much to say, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so that's kind of, that's kind of it. Right. Um, if you, if you, 
talk big noise, but you can't back it up and we have an issue there. Um, but if you talk big noise and you can back it up, then then dudes tend to leave you alone. I mean, and it's same with like surfing. I mean, I've been surfing since I was 14 and I think probably like 80% of the time I'm the only woman in the water if I am not surfing with a friend that is that came with mm-hmm. me. But um, that's been changing recently. But, you know, a dude will see you out in the water and paddle right over to your spot because he thinks, oh, she's a chick. She's not gonna catch any waves. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. So now I have to be like super aggressive and like actually prove myself, mm-hmm. which is stupid. How can we have to prove ourselves? How can we can't just be given, uh, you know, the benefit of a doubt? But anyway, patriarchy. Uh, so <laughs> yes, somebody else said it for me. <laughs> I'll always be that person to say that, by the way. Um, so, you know, so I had to take all the waves and like yeah. make it a point to be like, okay, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean that you can come over here and like steal all my waves. Um, but it's been, it's a, it's an interesting kind of space to be in, mm-hmm. you know, trying to break through into these male dominated spaces. Um, and I also just um, don't care, like say what you want. It's not going to affect me. You know, I'm doing my own thing. Um, as long as you're not like being a hole, then we're good, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's been interesting. There- I still have dudes like slide in the DMs on my page and be like, you know, you really should be doing X, Y, Z. And I'm just like, ugh, delete. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are fun. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, you should be wearing safety glasses. I'm like, this is a photo shoot. That's I'm right. not even actually doing anything. <laughs> um, do you feel like the fact that you are a Filipino woman specifically plays any role uh, in some of, yeah, resi- I don't want to say resistance, but just mm-hmm. some of your experience? Um, you know, I don't know that it necessarily has an effect on my experience in that way um in terms of like business and and mm-hmm. at the gym and things like that uh in this area we have a really big population of filipinos so it's you know like, it's not an uncommon so locally people. it's yeah, yeah yeah it hasn't really been a, a big thing but um i do find though that there is i don't know it's like how 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 deep do you want to get Katie (laughs) (laughs) we got time we got time we can go deep (laughs) so I just think that in general um not just Filipinos but Asians in general um especially Southeast Asians you know there's that whole model minority trope Mm -hmm. and so you're supposed to just fall in the line and kind of be quiet and do what you're told and that's kind of it right and that's (laughs) Katie so being not only Asian, but also female, it's kind of like, oh, now you're, you're the subservient type, Mm -hmm. you're, you know, your only role is to serve and to take care of other people and take care of their needs and to produce children. You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. this weird. uh, um, So in that sense, being kind of, I don't know, vocal or outspoken, or even just on social media, you know, I am, I'm a queer woman as well, um, kind of like still grappling what that means for me because um, this is kind of like something new that I'm actually finally accepting. Kind of always known, you know, <laughs> we always kind of know it's a spectrum, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of coming into my own in terms of that, but um, just being 
okay with being vocal and being seen and not just kind of like blending into the background has been a weird kind of thing um and it makes i mean all of those things (laughs) are a big intersectionality of things (laughs) yeah absolutely and and so unfortunately that also tends to mean the target gets bigger um and so i think sometimes people don't understand that there is a there can be a real level of fear there in the sense yeah. of like bodily harm or yeah. like, I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes, uh, and I've had other women come on and talk about like the people who slide into DMs and stuff. There's, you know, sometimes legit threats of physical harm that people yeah. get. And, yeah, absolutely. and that's not something that's like easily just pushed aside. Like another rug. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So today's sponsor is rasp and file designs rasp and file was created to give new life to old things and create spaces that feel timeless unique and warm your home and business should be your sanctuary a place of solace and your personal piece of art the owner and woodworker behind rasp and file designs is Lauren Matthews and you can follow along and find out more information on Instagram just look up rasp filed designs or on the internet at rfdesigns.squarespace.com I mean, I'm glad locally, you know, especially since you're a small business running a lot locally, like, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of support there. Um, Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, I mean, if you look at my social media accounts, you'll see that I am pretty vocal about other issues and social Mm -hmm. issues and things like that. So I I really try to not just present myself in in just this one dimensional way online. Um, Mm -hmm. What you're seeing, these captions that you're reading, that's, I mean, if you read the caption, you can probably hear it in my voice. And I don't want to shy away from anything that's important. And I don't want to shy away from those kinds of issues because that's, this is part of what makes me me. And so Mm -hmm. if you want to support my business, that means you also want to support people of color. That means you also want to support people in the LGBTQIA plus Mm -hmm. community. That also means you want to support women. And so if you are on my page and if you are to purchase from me just know that <laughs> that's where your money is going is to somebody that is real is authentic and is concerned with these issues that everybody would be concerned about um and I, I think it's I haven't met much resistance when it comes to that online mm-hmm. um I also have a fairly small following so it's like you know you don't really get that many uh I don't get that much attention just in the grand scheme of things for people to be like oh let me come into your dms and kind of whatever right um, i mean predom are you mainly on instagram for social media or do you Mm -hmm. cross over into yeah there's i would say like across all the social media platforms personally i've seen like instagram is the the nicest you know right. <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. like if somebody were to disagree or let's say like you know discover more about youth as you post you know mm-hmm. uh they're more likely I think if 
if they don't prescribe to what you're sharing, they're more likely to just unfollow versus yeah, like, absolutely versus to like verbally say, you know, or to put some a comment yeah. or whatever. Um, that's like Facebook, man. Yeah. It's like you can't even put anything up without having like a shitstorm <laughs> in the comments. I'm like, what? So I have a Facebook, but I don't not really on it as much. Yeah. Instagram is usually where because I'm like, hit that unfollow button, baby. That's right. Do, do me a favor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah. In, in fact, I I made a decision uh, shortly before the election in November. I I still have a Facebook, but I took the app off of my phone. Uh, because smart, I needed mental health <laughs> and Facebook yeah. was not it. I, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, oh but gosh. the other social media is <laughs> like, I mean, YouTube and even and even TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, people aren't as I don't know. It's like, yeah, exactly. Just unfollow Accepting. me. Yeah. <laughs> Just unfollow yeah. me, or or. If you're not following me and you happen to see my content and you disagree with it, the, the, why are Keep you strong, taking, baby. exactly, why are you taking the time to like spit out hate? Well, I just don't understand it's, it. <laughs> well, it's, pro- it's projection. They're just yeah. projecting. That's all it is. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. It's oh, all that them. I know. Yes, that I know. Yeah. I, I will say on what TikTok has taught me the most is there is something about a woman wielding a large power tool that makes men feel extremely insecure. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's just <laughs> like, if I post anything, anything about a woman showing that she has any power whatsoever is what makes them insecure. That's what it is. Uh, it's, it's every time I and have so a men, chainsaw. If a man can't use a saw. I know. Every time <laughs> I have a chainsaw is when I get the most like, like just total verbal things. And usually it's around like, uh, you know, sexual orientation type things. And, and usually I'll respond and just be like, well, duh, like, I don't know who you think you're telling about my sexual orientation, <laughs> but duh. <laughs> you're like, I know. I am aware. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. That's so funny. So oh, yeah. Insecure man. That's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Um, what, I mean, have you received any feedback in the sense of, uh, being a model of breaking through some barriers? Have you received feedback in the sense like of other women reaching out to you at all? Yeah, I have, um, in person and online, you know, I, when I meet people or talk to people, it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, people will be like, oh my God, you're made mod. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Well, I like, don't like attention at all. So yeah. like any, anybody recognizing <laughs> me for like something that's, yeah, it's so awkward. So yeah, I mean, I've had people talk to me like, it's, you know, it's so cool. You're such an inspiration to me. I want to get into doing more woodworking and or something like that, or just um, being a business owner in general, or, you know, having two businesses or having a Muay Thai gym. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, like I said before, I just really, the message that I want to get out there is that you can do it. Like if you believe in yourself, if you have, I mean, obviously don't like jump into something if you're going to quit a job and it's going to be like unsafe, like don't do that. Like be smart about it. But I just want to encourage people that if they want to do something, if they want to make, if they want to build a business and they want to do something more with their life, then subscribe to whatever society is telling us that we need to do to succeed and to be happy, then, then that, like follow your, honestly, like this is cheesy, but follow your heart, follow your dreams, follow your passions, because 
if you can't, if you'd wake up every morning and you're not excited to do what you're doing, then that's not it, baby. It's not it, you know? And so I have, I have, um, fortunately and graciously, um, been contacted by people that are encouraging and, and supporting and inspired. And, um, it's been really, it's been really nice. And I, I feel a lot of that support and a lot of the admiration coming from my friends and family and local community too, which has been mm-hmm. really nice. Um, but again, I don't like attention. So, <laughs> so I am just as likely to just work my ass off without any recognition, mm-hmm. um, because I do it for me, you know, yeah. and, um, it's been really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm really happy that I can inspire literally just anyone, even one person can see me and, and think that they can do it too. Then I'm like, I'm good. That's it for me. You yep. know? Yep. Because nobody, I mean, I don't have, I, I had no models to look up to, no role models, nobody that looked like me, nobody that sounded like me, nobody that had my, any of like similar life experiences. They had, I had nothing of that. You know, even Disney princesses, I didn't even get any, I didn't even get a brown princess until what? Pocahontas? Yeah, I'm or trying to it? think. I'm trying to think if Mulan or Pocahontas came <laughs> yeah. first. <laughs> Pocahontas came first for sure. But I'm like, and even then, mm-hmm. yeah, she was a brown princess, but she wasn't my kind of brown. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And so it it's been things are getting better slowly, but um if I can kind of help in any way, mm-hmm. you know, then I'm then I'm happy. Awesome. And I totally understand what you mean when like no attention mm-hmm. and especially in person, like I've, I've only had it happen a couple times in my community where someone's like, Oh my God, you're Freeman furnishings. So I'm like, Oh, you're weird. Like, oh, <laughs> cue the pit sweat. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that I'm actually yes. an introvert. I'm yes. Like, sometimes it's hard to tell. It might be hard to tell now, but it's one-on-one. So that's why yeah. I'm like, I come alive, but uh, yeah, I'm introverted as hell. So any kind of attention I feel you on that it's just like mortifying I yeah my one of my favorite parts about being a maker is being able to go to the shop and be completely alone <laughs> nobody oh, I love that my... so much <laughs> it's so nice it, it really is, is. <laughs> especially when COVID hit like I could still work because it was just me yeah that's right exactly there was no restriction there whatsoever mm-hmm. yep yeah. um all right. Well, we are actually like at the end of our time together, Kim. It flew by. It flew by. So I want to make sure, though, uh, everybody knows how they can find you and follow along sure. with you online. Yeah. I mean, the best place to get in contact with me is on my Instagram account. Um, that's at, at MadeMod, M-A-D-M-O-D underscore V-B. And uh, that's the best place to see what I'm doing, keep up with my things, um, chat with me if you want to, uh, but you can shop online at Etsy. My shop is MadeModVB. Awesome. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. Thanks, Kate. This is fun. It was super fun. All right. Again, that was Kim with MadeMod. Uh, you can find the links on how you can follow along with her in the description for today's episode. You can find that right in your podcast app or down below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you like today's episode and the past episodes as well, please remember to hit subscribe, like, comment, head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. All of that helps the algorithms know that not only do you enjoy the podcast, but others like you may enjoy it as well. Remember, additionally, to follow along with the podcast over on Instagram, that's just at Maker Mom Podcast. 
and share with your friends about the favorite maker you have after listening to their episode. Head on over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Maker Mom podcast. Check out joining the tribe over there. There's different tier levels that come with uh, different merchandise like stickers, mugs, t-shirts, and all of the different levels come with access to additional content such as a live interview, which means if you're a patron, you get access to a Zoom link with one of my guests. You can hop on, listen while I'm doing that uh, interview live, and then get a chance to ask your own questions at the end. So if you think that sounds pretty cool, go check that out. When I am not making podcast episodes and talking to amazing women and non-binary folks, you can find me uh, designing and making furniture and home decor for bold homes at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings pretty much across all the social media, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I am active on a daily basis, though, on Instagram and TikTok, so you can check out what I am currently working on on those platforms and uh, come follow along with me at Freeman Furnishings. Say hi. Say how you found me uh, through the podcast. I love chatting with people who are listeners. And um, it's Wednesday. I hope you all are having a great week so far, and I will see you all on Friday. Bye.